So a couple of years ago, I uh, found myself in Washington, D.C., and it's a really pretty city, and we had the opportunity to walk around and to see the sights and to take in the history, and, I, and I've always really enjoyed it every time that I've gotten to go there. And one evening on this particular trip, we were walking around, and we saw what looked like a bunch of important people making their way towards the White House. And, you know, they had sort of the line of cars, and they were all nice cars. And, and you could sort of get close enough to see as they pulled up, people would open their doors for them, another cue that they were sort of important people. And, and they got out, and they were dressed fancy, and it looked like something fun was happening over there in the area by the White House. And I saw the fun, and I saw the people there, and I thought, I'd like to go to that. Right? I, I want to be a part of whatever that is. That looks like a good thing to be a part of. And so I walked up to the gate. You can't obviously get too close and, and sort of around the side there. And there's officers there, you know, of, of course, making sure that people like me don't go inside. And I walked up and I said, hey, what's going on? And he confirmed there was some kind of dinner that was going on there. And, and I looked at him and I said, hey, is there any chance I could go to that dinner? And he looked at me like, who is this guy? What are you talking about here? And, and then he sort of laughed a second. And you know what he did? He played along. And he said, well, yeah, hold on just a second. Why don't you, let me, let me ask you one question. And, and think about what question he would have asked me. He's standing there outside of, of a place that I'm clearly not supposed to be. And he's going to ask me a question. You know what it was? What's your name? He asked me what my name was. And so I told him my name. And he looked at the list. And guess what? My name wasn't on the list, and, uh, and it really uh, didn't mean anything to him. And so he said, I'm going to have to ask you to go. You can't come in here because your name isn't on the list. And so I sort of laughed, and he laughed, and, and I walked on, and I think I ate dinner at McDonald's that night or something like that, uh, and not, not in the White House. And, uh, and I learned, or maybe I was reminded, that there is a lot in a name. Okay, there's a lot in a name. Right? And some names carry with it a whole lot more than others. And as we turn to God's word this morning, we're going to see that, that the name of God, right? And in the name of God, we just sang about the powerful name of Jesus, right? We're going to see that, that in the name of God, there is power. In the name of God, we, we can see who God is, his character and his nature. And I hope that we also see this, that, that as believers in Jesus Christ, you and I carry the name of God every single place that we go. And so my prayer is that when we walk away from God's word this morning, that we would understand that if we are followers of Jesus, if we have placed our faith and trust in him, we bear his name and we have the opportunity to show people his heart everywhere we go. If you've got your Bible, open up to Exodus chapter 20 with me. We're going to continue in our series through the Ten Commandments, and we're going to be looking at the third commandment, which is found in Exodus 20 verse 7. And before we read it together, I want us to remember the context, just very briefly, of the Ten Commandments themselves. We know that, that God's people, the people of Israel, had been in Egypt in slavery for generations, for approximately 400 or so years. And, and through this series of miracles, seven weeks before the, the spot that we're reading this morning, it was only seven weeks ago that through a series of miracles, God led the people of Israel out of Egypt, right? All of these miracles brought them out, and he was taking them to the land that he promised them generations before, to Abraham, back in the book of Exodus, right? God's word ties together. And on the way to the promised land, they stopped, and they had an encounter with God at Mount Sinai, where, where God is drawing his people to himself. God reveals himself to his people. He shows them who he is. He shows them his character and his nature through the law and through the commandments that he's given them. And we learned last week that he gives them all of these things, all of these commands, that message from the mountaintop to draw his people 
closer and deeper in a relationship with him. All of that that he gave them was so that they could know him, so they could walk with him, so that they could grow in that relationship with him. But not only that, that would then set them apart in such a way that they could show the love and the grace and the heart of God to the nations around them. Right? And it's the same thing for us. as people who are delivered by God, who are in a relationship with him because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. We too, as we live by the word of God, will draw close to him. We're set apart by him and for him to then in the same way show the love of God to the world around us. And we see that, of course, playing out in this third commandment as well. So if you've got your Bibles, look at Exodus chapter 20, one verse this morning, verse 7, God's word says this. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Don't take the Lord of your God in vain. I'm I'm excited to teach on this this morning because I think that a lot of times this specific commandment ends up being very misunderstood. I would guess that as you read it and as maybe you're you're thinking about it now, that, that many of us understand this command to be God telling his people not to use his name like a cuss word, right? Have you heard that before, right? That, that this command is telling us not to shout God's name when someone cuts us off on spring stubiners we're about to pull in to the church. Could that be all that God is telling his people here, or is there a little bit more to it? Listen, he, he's certainly saying that for sure, But there's so much more to this commandment than just not saying God's name in a moment of frustration. I want us to dig deeper. And and so for you and I, if we're going to understand this commandment, and that's the goal, right, to understand it so that we can live it out. If we're going to live out this commandment, we have to understand that phrase right in the middle of the command, the name of the Lord your God. It says you shall not take the name of the Lord your God. And if we dig down here for a second, the, the Hebrew word for the word name that we find in Exodus chapter 20, verse 7 is Shem. And the way that they would have understood names is very different than the way that you and I understand someone's name today. To us, a name is it's pretty basic. For, for me, and for, for I think a lot of us, a name is it's just a label. It's on our driver's license so that they can tell us apart. Students, you write it on your papers at school so that your teacher knows whose work belongs to who, right? It just sort of sets us apart from other people. It identifies us, and more often than not, our parents picked our names because they like the way it sounds, or because our moms like the way that our initials would be monogrammed on a cup or on a pillow or, or something like that, right? That, that's where a lot of people got our names. Chelsea and I have some very funny stories from the times that, that we had to come together in agreement on a name of one of our kids. And I'll save most of those stories for another time, but I want you to know that I have got plenty of great names that were never seriously considered for any of our kids, right? Um, but, but we settled on the name Landon for our oldest kid because why? We just like the way that it sounds. We have no special attachment to the meaning. We don't drill down on the meaning of his name when we think of it. In fact, according to the baby books, the literal meaning of Landon is on the long hill. Right, that's what his name means, on the long hill. There's no hills in Houston that I know of. We're not attached to any hills. We didn't name him after a hill. We named him Landon because we like the name and the way it sounds. Right? Names to us are just what we are called. And so when we look at this command, don't use the name of the Lord your God in vain. When we look at it with that simplified meaning of, of what a name is, 
then, then of course, we walk away with, well, let's just not say God's name in a profane manner. But in biblical times, right, specifically here for the people of Israel in Exodus chapter 20, as they're there at the mountain, they're with God, that they would have understood names in a completely different way, right? Completely different way. To them, a name described who a person was. A name was a statement of your character. A name was, was your very reputation. When your name was brought up, it was a reference to, to all that you've done and who you were. So, so for them, a name wasn't a label. It wasn't just a simple identifier. For them, it was just think about resume, right? It was their resume of all that they had done and what they were going to do. When people brought up your name, that's what went to their mind. All you've done, all that you were going to do, the things that you promised. And in fact, in biblical times, there were times where people would not live up to the name that they had. They wouldn't live up to the meaning behind their name. And so they would literally change someone's name to make it better fit who they were as a person. Right? They would say, hey, you know what? You're not an Andy. You're not living up to being an Andy. We're going to change your name to Lewis because you're more like a Lewis, right? I mean, can you think of the problems that that would cause if we did that same thing today, right? Thinking about what a name is and how they would have understood the name of God, this is so much more than just words that, that might come out of our mouth, right? Think about all that God's done and all that God's promised to do. Think about the nature, the character, the reputation, and the promises of God. In another encounter that, that Moses had with God at the burning bush, he, he said, what's your name? And God replied, I am who I am. Letting Moses and the people of Israel know from the beginning that God is sovereign, that God is in control, that God is all-powerful, that God himself is above all, right? And, and he allows them to think about what they've done. So think about the people of Israel now. When they hear the name of God, knowing that the name of God is all that God had done and all that what God was going to do, what would come to their minds when they heard the phrase, name of God? Right? Think about it. Make a list. If you were in the nation of Israel right then and there, that they would have begun to think about all the promises that God had kept. They would be thinking about the promised land that God had promised to bring them to and how he had brought them out of Egypt. When they heard the name of God, they would have thought about the miracles that God performed in Egypt. They would have thought about the Red Sea being parted and walking through it on dry ground. They would have thought about the miraculous ways that God provided food for them as they went through the desert. When they heard the name of God, they would have thought about the power of God that came down on the mountain where Moses was up there meeting with God. Listen, there was no way for them to separate the phrase name of God from all that God had done for them and his incredible love that he's displayed for them. Right, so what about us? When we think about the name of God in that way, what comes to our minds? When we think about the name of God, do we think about the promises of God? Do we think about the goodness of God, the nature of God, the character of God? Listen, if we were going to make our own list, we, we could just walk through the word of God and put so many different things together that should flow through our minds and our hearts when we hear the phrase, the name of God. Isaiah 57 says, thus says the one who inhabits eternity, his name is holy. Listen, the name of God is is holiness. In Isaiah chapter 9, it says to us, a child is born, a son is given. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Listen, all of those are wrapped up in the name of God. Matthew chapter 1 says, you shall call his name Jesus. 
for he will save his people from their sins. Listen, the name of Jesus literally means the one who saves, right? The name of God is Savior. In Revelation chapter 19, it says, the name by which is the word of God. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Listen, when we think about the name of God, we think King of Kings. We think Lord of Lords. That's who he is. And listen, you and I could work through every single page of the Word of God and continue to add to the name of God with his reputation, with his character, with his promises, with his love, with the things that he has done. But but listen, we, we could come outside of the Word of God too, just like the people of Israel did here. They have these experiences with God, and we could add to that with the experiences that we have. We have testimonies of how God has saved us. That's in the name of God for us, right? We have stories about how he saved us, provided for us, how God has comforted us in times of loss or in times of grief. We have stories about how God has been our healer, how he's healed us, forgiven us, restored us, and much, much more. So when we read the name of God in scripture, that's what should come to our mind. All that he's done, all that he's promised, all that he'll do The character and the nature of God is wrapped up in the name of God. And understanding that, looking at this verse again, now we've got to understand what it means to take, right? To take all of that, that character, that nature, that love, that reputation of God, right? It comes right before it in verse 7, that fourth word. And and that word take can be translated to bear or to carry. And knowing that helps us make a little bit more sense of that. When Chelsea and I got married, what did she do? She took my last name, right? She exchanged her last name, Amon, and now she goes by the name Morris. She bears my family name. Our kids all share that same last name, right? They bear the name of Morris every single place that they go, for better or for worse. People look at them and say, okay, those are the Morris boys because they bear our name wherever God takes them, right? You see where this is going and how this is is beginning to develop in this commandment? The people of Israel themselves, they bore the name of God. They took it with them everywhere they go because God saved them. God called them to be a people unto himself. He brought them out of Egypt. He was continuing to go deeper in his love relationship with him. And here's the amazing thing. Everywhere they went in the promised land, as they were taking this over, as they were conquering it, you can read the book of Joshua and see this. It's amazing. People knew, the other nations knew, that they were the people of God. They bore the name of God. In Joshua chapter 2, there's this encounter they have where, where people are looking at them saying, listen, you, you guys, we, we know who you are. We know what God has done. We know that God has his hand on you, right? They carry it with them, the reputation in the name of God. And, and I want you to think about us today as followers of Jesus, as people who are in a relationship with God, if we have trusted in Jesus in that same way, we bear the name of God. We take it with us everywhere that we go, right? He, he saved us. He has put his name on us. In fact, when we're baptized, we're baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Listen, we bear his name. We represent him in every aspect of our lives. So Exodus 20, verse 7, this command, it's not just words coming out of our mouth. God's telling us that we carry his name as his children everywhere that we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 20 says this, writing to the church family, right? So if that, that's us, right? Writing to the church family, we are ambassadors for Christ. 
as though God were making his appeal through us, right? We represent him everywhere we go. John 1.12 says, but to all who received Jesus, who believed in Jesus' name, he gave the right to become children of God. We're in the family. We take with us the name of God wherever it is that God sends us. So here's the deal. When we gather together like this, as a church family, when we go to our schools, to our offices, to our neighborhoods, to our homes, to restaurants, when we go to our social media platforms, to our friends, I think that we see it now. If we're followers of Christ, we won't go anywhere that we don't bear his name. And his name carries with it who he is, all that he's done, his very character and nature, all that he's promised and all that he will do. That's what it means to take the name of the Lord our God. But the verse doesn't stop there, right? So, so we know what the name of God is. We know that we bear the name of God. And the specific command here is for us to not do that in vain. You thought about what that means? Vain means useless. Vain means, means worthless. It, it means wasted. Um, it, it, it means um, of, of no real value. And so if we were to look at, at that command with that understanding of the word vain, maybe another way we could say it is this. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a child of God, do not live your life as if God does not matter. Do not live your life as if God doesn't matter. Right? As followers of Jesus, pe people that are saved by God and the family of God, we have this incredible opportunity Right to, to honor his name, to honor his reputation by representing him well in every area of life. Listen, back then, God brought these people, the Israelites, unto himself, set apart to know God. And as they knew God, they would show God to the world around them. And it's the same for us, right? As people that bear the name of God, let's make sure that we accurately and lovingly show the heart of God to the world around us, right? Carrying the name of Jesus, right? Our, our heart should be to live in a way that brings glory to him. Our heart should be to, to live in a way that tells the truth about who he is to the world around us. And a great verse to, to help us understand that and drill that home is found in the New Testament, and it helps us get our minds around what that looks like. It's found in Colossians chapter 3. And, and in fact, I would say that, that if you're wondering, okay, so this third commandment, not taking the name of the Lord our God in vain, I, I got that. Now what do I do with it? How do I live this out? How do I make sure this is applied in my life? I think that our application is actually in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, where it says this, and whatever you do, whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything, they have it on the screen, do everything how? In the name. Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And God's word calls us to speak and to act in his name. So if we're looking for, for how do we apply this, what does this look like in our life this afternoon and tomorrow, here's our first takeaway. Let's show people God with our words, right? Every time we open our mouth, we have the opportunity to point people to Jesus. Let's think about how we speak. Let's think about when we speak, our word, our tone, and the impact that we can make with the things that are flowing from our mouth, right? Let's make sure 
that we follow God's word here. Let's not take his name in vain with what we say. What would it look like to take his name in vain with the words coming out of our mouth? Listen, yes, using his name as a cuss word would be taking the name of God in vain. To, to use the name, which we now know is the character of God, the nature of God, the promises of God, all the goodness of God, to use that name to express our frustration when we stub our toe, it just doesn't seem like an honorable way to speak the name of God. Let's be careful. Let's be thoughtful. Let's be worshipful when we speak his name. But, but right, that's not all. Right? Anything that we say that would be dishonoring to God would fall under this command in Scripture as well. Think about it. If we were to gossip about one another, we'd be taking the name of the Lord our God in vain. When we use our words to stir up division or to threaten unity among believers in the church family, look at Philippians 1 and 2, we would be taking the name of the Lord our God in vain. When we post divisive things that, that aren't full of grace and love on social media, listen, we take the name of the Lord our God in vain. Our words matter. People know our hearts by the things that come out of our mouth, by the things that we type. And if we were to be unloving or ungraceful with our words, we are giving people the wrong view of God. Right? Let's not do that. Right? Instead, let's give people an accurate view of God when we speak. Let's use our words as we see in Colossians chapter 3 for his glory and for his glory alone. And God's word has so much wisdom on how we can and should do that. Listen, we give glory to God by the way that we use our words. It, it happens in, in when we do what we see in Ephesians chapter 4 where it calls us to speak the truth. So we're representing God when we're truthful, but it says to speak the truth in love. So we represent God well with our words and bring him glory when our words are truthful and when our words are loving. Colossians chapter 4 says, let your speech always be gracious. We represent God with our words when our speech is gracious. Listen, the content of our words can bring glory to God as well. What does Deuteronomy chapter 6 say about our households? And our households should be saturated with conversations about God and who he is. It tells us to talk about God when we're walking by the road, when we're in our house, when we're going to sleep, when we're waking up. We have this opportunity to bring glory to God by making sure that we talk about God with people and in our homes. But, but not just that. We have the opportunity to, to bring life, to represent God well, and to give him glory when we tell other people about a saving relationship with Jesus. 1 Peter 3.15 says, In your hearts honor Christ as Lord, as holy, always being prepared. Always being prepared to make a defense for anyone who asks you for the hope that's inside you. Talking about Jesus. And it goes on to say, but do so with gentleness and respect. When we speak, we have the opportunity to carry the name of Jesus in a way that shows people his heart. But it's not just our words, right? It's our actions as well. In, in Colossians 3.17, it says, whatever you do in word or deed, we do it in the name of Jesus. So in the exact same way, let's make sure that our actions show people the heart of God. If we're followers of Jesus, we, we should be different. People should notice something different about the way that we live. And there's so many different examples that, that we could go to all throughout Scripture, but I thought it was best to go to one verse instead. In Galatians chapter 5, we see the fruit of the Spirit, which should be flowing from every single person that's in a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to read it. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, peace, patience, kindness, 
goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Let's make sure that our actions every day represent God well. Let's make sure that our actions are loving because God's love. Let's make sure that that joy is flowing in and through our lives because God is joy. And it should be shown in our attitude, our mindset, our approach to things because of the joy of God in our heart. As we continue through this list, let's allow the peace of God to help us navigate life in a very uncertain world. Not too long ago, one of our men here at North Klein shared a story with me. He shared that how his boss approached him and said, hey, listen, you, you just seem to be calm when everybody else is freaking out. You seem to be calm when, when nobody else really knows what's going on. Our jobs are in the air. Our health is in the air. Our future, our finances are in the air. But, but you always seem so calm. What is it that's different about you? And you know what he said? He said, Jesus brings me peace. Guys, that's bearing the name of Jesus well, that's not taking the name of God in vain. That's living out the name of God in the world that God's placed him. Listen, we can continue to go through this. We, we need to be kind. We live in what I would call an unkind world, right? Let's be kind to people. Students, be kind to your classmates when no one else is. Be kind to the people that, that wait on you in a restaurant. In fact, when you go to lunch today, ask the person that's serving you how you can pray for them and for their family. Be kind. Be kind to your kids' teachers. Be praying for them too. Ask them how you can pray for them in this crazy season. Be kind to the person that posts something on your page of social media that disagrees with you, right? Just be kind. That is who God has called us to be. And when we're kind, we give people the right view of Jesus. And guys, the opposite is also true. When we live unkind, when we treat people without kindness, we take the name of the Lord our God in vain. You see how this command plays out in our world today? We continue to walk through the fruit of the Spirit. We're called to be good to others. We're called to remain faithful, to be gentle in our dealings with other people. We're called to maintain self-control. Listen, if, if we're in the family, or if we're followers of Jesus, we carry his name with us in all that we say and all that we do. I had a conversation years ago, and I'll never forget it. It was with this guy that, that I was sharing the gospel with, and we had been friends for a while, and he knew where I stood, and I knew where he stood, and, and we built this relationship, and I was trying to love him and, and show him what it means to be a follower of Christ and invite him into a relationship with God, and, and I'll never forget what he said to me. He, he never trusted Christ, and, and he was resistant to a relationship with Christ, and I asked him why, and he said, essentially, that followers of Jesus live no different than him. Right? The followers of Jesus that he knew gave him the wrong picture of what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. The followers of Jesus that he knew gave him the wrong picture of who God was and what God wanted to do in his life. Listen, the people that were living around him were taking the name of God in vain by the way they lived their lives. And that shouldn't be. Listen, knowing Jesus, it changes us. And as we draw deeper and closer in a love relationship with him, what happens? We're not perfect by any means at all. But as we draw closer to him, our hearts change. Our desires change. Our motives change. And as a result of all of that, our lives change 
as well. Don't take the name of the Lord our God in vain. Right? That this commandment that we see, commandment number three, it comes after put God first and worship God alone. When we do that, when we put God first, when we worship God alone, we'll live in a way that certainly does not take God's name in vain. We'll live in a way that gives the world around us an accurate picture of who God is. We'll honor the name of God, the character of God, the reputation of God by the way that we live our lives. Right? There's a lot in a name. And I, I, I told you that I learned that, that my name doesn't mean much. Right? It's not going to get me into a dinner. It's not going to get me on the list. My name doesn't do anything for me. But, but thankfully, as a follower of Jesus, I bear the name that's above every name. Right? Everywhere I go, I carry the name of Jesus. And if you're a follower of his, if you have placed your faith and trust in him and him alone for the forgiveness of your sins to draw close to God, then you carry that name as well. So as those of us who bear his name, let's make sure that we do not bear the name of God, that we do not take the name of God in vain. Let's make sure that we show the world his heart through all that we say and all that we do. Would you pray with me? So we go to the Lord just for a, a moment with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. I just want to encourage us to consider what it means to bear the name of the Lord, right? As one of his children, to carry that name. And this morning, as, as I just asked that question, I, I just want to ask you a follow-up question, and that's it's very simple. It's, do you bear the name of Jesus? Are you a child of God? Have you stepped into a relationship with him, Maybe this morning you've heard about the promises of God. You've heard of all that God wants to do for you. You've heard that, that God is for you, that God wants to know you intimately. Listen, this morning if you're hearing that and you're just wondering, man, I, I don't know that I bear the name of God. I don't know that I'm in a relationship with God. If you would say that that's you, while everyone else's head's bowed and their eyes closed, I just want to invite you to, to look up here at me. If you don't know Jesus or you're not certain that you bear the name of God. After the service, I just want to invite you to come and talk to one of our prayer partners over here by the baptistry. If you're at home, if you're more comfortable in here, we've got a number on the screen. You could just text that, and one of us will, will get back with you immediately to talk about what it means to know Jesus and to be in a relationship with him. Listen, this, these past several weeks, God, God has been drawing people to himself. God has been bringing people into a relationship with him. So many people every week these past few weeks have trusted in Jesus and become a part of the family of God. And if you're here this morning and you haven't done that, let me invite you to take that next step before you leave here today. And for those of us that, that would say we do bear the name of God, we are children of God. My question for us is, is, are we bearing the name of Jesus well? Are the words that we say in vain, are they worthless? Or are they worthwhile in pointing people to Jesus? Do we live our lives in a way that tells the truth about who God is to the world around us? Listen, we have this incredible opportunity everywhere we go to carry the name of Jesus with us. Let's make sure that as we do, we show people his heart. God, we love you and we thank you that, that you, you give us your name, that we are sent in your name.
that you have adopted us as your sons and daughters when we place our faith and trust in you and God, that your name is on us and we carry it with us where we go. And God, I pray that we would be a church, that we would be a family that represents you well. God, I pray that, that people in our community would learn the truth about you and about your love and about your grace by the way that we live our lives in front of you and in front of them. God, help us to not take your name in vain, but help us to love you in all that we say and bring glory to you in all that we do. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Would you stand and worship with us?